Welcome everyone to another podcast at Beelance and Tennis. Tonight we are going in a slightly different direction with our guest, as opposed to several college coaches that we've had on in the past. Tonight we have a tennis parent of a very accomplished tennis playing family. In fact, one of his daughters recently won the NCAAs as an unseeded player. We have with us tonight Kevin Miner. Kevin, thank you for spending some time with us tonight and walking us through your journey as a tennis parent of three very successful tennis playing daughters. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having me on, David. I appreciate the opportunity. So why don't we just get started? You have three daughters, right? Christina played at University of Illinois. Jasmine, she started her career at Georgia Tech, then transferred over to the University of Oregon. And then Brianne is currently playing at University of Michigan and as referred above, just won the NCAAs as an unseated player. So let's kind of start from the beginning. How did you and your wife get involved in the sport, and how did you introduce your girls to the sport of tennis? Well, uh, my introduction to the sport was actually through a, a friend of mine in, in high school uh, that uh, his family played a lot of tennis. Uh, we met in high school. Uh, up until then, uh, I was more of a football player and a basketball player and a baseball player. And it turned out, uh, he became uh, friends and he took me out to the court and we started playing. And the, the, uh, I was actually trying out for baseball and I, and I sprained my ankle. And uh, the coach told me, well, you know, why don't you take some time off and then come back. And uh, in the meantime, I just went out and tried out for the tennis team. Uh, we weren't very good, so it wasn't too hard to make it. But you know, I, I played tennis for for the four years in high school. Uh, you know, not anywhere at the level that uh, the junior uh, juniors are playing at these days. But you know, it, it just gave me a taste, and I, I became a fan of tennis and watched it on TV and played it recreationally. Uh, whereas my my wife's family, uh, she, she came from a little bit more of a tennis lineage. And her all her sisters and her, she they played in high school. Her dad uh, played in, in Kalamazoo and at Purdue, uh, you know, when, when he was younger. And uh, they, they were actually a you know, huge, huge tennis fan. So uh, when, you know, when we were married and uh, starting off, uh, you know, we really didn't think too much about the sport, about every now and then we go out and hit the ball, but not, not so much. And, you know, we got, you know, Christina into uh, a lot of different activities. And... One, one, one day she came to us and said, hey, you know, I think I'd like to play tennis. And I was like, oh, well, okay. We went out a little bit about tennis. And so we, we took over to the sport club at that point in time where we were we, we looked pretty close to uh, the sport club. And we took over there and she started playing. And when we moved, we moved up to uh, a little bit closer to Libertyville. And that's where we met uh, you know, our current uh, coach of all three of our girls, Mark Bay. And we got a whole new, you know, education about tennis, uh, the junior system, and things just kind of migrated from there. Uh, my oldest daughter really started playing when she was about 10 and started playing on national when she was 11. And she, uh, you, know, uh, you know, started getting better and better. Uh, and then Jasmine sort of fell into her footsteps. And then by the time Brand came along, I think she, probably thought that that's what we did. We just played tennis. Right. <laughs> uh, she was getting dragged around, you know, from city to city across the country. And, um, and you know, as it was, uh, we spent our time, you know, between Christina and Jasmine at that point in time. Uh, I think she just kind of rolled in. 
Yeah, instead of instead of just being traveling and watching the whole time, hey, I want to play too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because we'd show up at uh, uh, you know at the site, you know, like in Arizona for for the the holidays where the, the winter championships were held, and then back in those days, Taco Bell was was kind of like the the week after, and uh, you know, you show up and, and as soon as we got to the site, they were generally kids her age that were siblings of other tennis players and she had a network of, of kids across the country that she was friends with and they, they'd all get together and maybe go hit some balls against the wall or just go and chat and I, I think she probably had a better network at, at four or five than, than I had, you know, nationwide. Right. <laughs> um, you know, just, just with the kids that she had. Oh, that, that's... That's that's great stuff. That's a cool story how it all gets started and how, like you said, the younger ones see the older ones play and they want to participate too. So it's kind of that natural flow. So um, obviously you and your wife did a tremendous job with your daughters navigating through the world of junior tennis and it can be a crazy journey. Interested to hear kind of what some of your values, ethics, standards that, that you and your wife um, would absolutely not deviate from. You know, I think from our perspective, we, we, we always just wanted them to, uh, to keep their back at, at, you know, what they wanted to do. Uh, you know, sometimes it'd be really tough, and, you know, every, every, every kid or every family probably has uh, low points where, you know, you travel out to a site, uh, you get there, and they, you know, they, they don't perform, you know, well or up to their expectations, and then you're headed home, and, you know, there's... It can be, you know, emotional for, uh, you know, for, for the kids. But from our point of view, we always, you know, we, we wanted them to try to learn from every time out. Uh, and, you know, when you, when you bring them in, you know, we wanted to walk away from that with, okay, you know, what did, what did we do well and, and what, you know, what do we need to go back and work on? Especially if their coach wasn't, wasn't there watching. Because, you know, we wanted them to be able to go back and then talk to our coach about, okay, hey, here's, here's what I need to work on. Uh, and, and just having that self-reflection, you know, on the court, uh, you know, I think it's just an important lesson in life. You know, you always want to be able to, to look at and, and evaluate, you know, the things that you're strong on, the things that you have opportunities to improve on. And at first point, we, we really wanted them uh, to, to have, you know, that, that sort of mindset. Uh, when they went out to play, we, we just thought that no matter what sport they did, I, I remember at uh, a time when my oldest daughter Christina would come up and she would say, "You know, I'm not sure I want to keep playing tennis. I think I want to run track." And you know, we we had this conversation about, you know, well, okay, why why do you want to run track? And, and she says, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm faster than than all the kids, you know, in my grade." I said, "Well, yeah, that's that's great, you know, but the thing is, is that when you're faster than the kids in your grade, then you, you end up having to run track against other schools, and then, you know, you get to high school, and it's, it's other high schools, and, and people are better, and then it's tougher, and then you, then you get to college, and they're even faster, and you're always going to run into people that are better, or, or, or tougher competition, or whatever, so you can't shy away from, you know, difficult times. No, absolutely. It's all relative. And I, we always talk about the different levels in the sport of tennis, and no one really knows what that number is, but there are so many levels. That's why I always tell my kids, you have to enjoy 
competing and you have to enjoy the process. If you're just going to be results oriented, it's, it's not going to work. You're going to be so unhappy because every time you start to dominate at a certain level, you're going to be pushed up to that next level and you're going to get, uh, sometimes you're, you know, you're butt handed to you. <laughs> such great advice and I hope kids that listen to this podcast really really take that to heart because that is so spot on and I think you know kids get just used to doing something they just think this is the way it is and and in this case it's it's so not true they're privileged to be able to do this and um, kids need to recognize that Right. sharing that so your family is on one side of the spectrum and yet there are other families on the opposite side of the spectrum you've obviously been through a ton of experiences uh, traveling and playing and going through the tournaments with your daughters you've had to have heard some crazy stories or saw some crazy stories you want to share some one or two just complete wacko stories from families That's in the 12s. I hope everyone heard. That was in the 12s, not the 16s or 18s. <laughs> Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, 
empowering personal uh, sometimes uh, parents can take you know what what happens with their kids and that's so it and those I feel like those families are the ones that are so results-based that like, oh my God, if you don't win this match, you're not going to be able to do A, B, or C, or your whole life is over. Where if you just keep focusing on the process, it's just a totally different, better way to view this whole journey, in my opinion. Well, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, even though I, I now have a daughter that's that, that made it to the U.S. Open, it, it, it's hard for me to, to know exactly what the magic formula is for producing a pro player. You know, how how, how tough do you really need to be and, and is that what it really takes to get there? But, you know, from my opinion, I've always said that if that's what it takes to get there, it, it, it's not worth it to me as a father. You know, at some point you just got to decide, you know, it, you know that, that's your child and, and you're the parent. And, you know, how, how much are you willing to sacrifice in terms of the parent-child relationship to try to get there? And I think, you know, parents have a duty-bound to be uh, supportive and, and, and try to back their, their children. They, they, they're duty-bound to try to encourage them and, and make sure that when they have doubts that, you know, you, you push them along. But you have to draw the line somewhere. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just it's the... Uh, something where you have to decide to support the, you know, what, what you're putting into it. It, uh, it, it, it. it may not be worth breaking the relationship that you have with your children. Uh, I mean, one, one other story that kind of comes to mind, I, I remember Jasmine was playing an IPF tournament with, uh, with a girl that she had met, and, um, you yeah, know, they're sitting on a bench together, and the, the girl's mom is, is putting, you know, her arms together over her head, making a, oh, and, and so Jazzy asked the partner, you know, what, what's, your, what's your mom, you know, doing over there? And she said, well, you know, she's just telling I'm a big zero, uh, you know, that uh, I'm not, you know, not not worth it. And so I just, you know, the girl just kind of took it, you know, it kind of rolled off her shoulder and, you know, it didn't seem to, to, to you know, uh, upset her too much. And, you know, it's funny when, 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 I, when we heard it, that at the same time, you know, so when you get to that, to that level, it, it, you, know, you have to ask yourself, is, is, is the game really worth, you know, what you're doing for the kid? And but from, from our standpoint, you know, we always thought, uh, you know, we're, we're mom and dad first, and then we're kind of parents after that. Yeah, that, that's well, well noted. And again, I, I think the people who are listening to this are, should really pay attention to what you're saying because you've you've done it. You've had three girls and, and you did it the right way, and they've all had positive experiences. And, I, and we've kind of touched we've kind of touched on this already, but I wanted to kind of ask for families that are just getting started with their kids. Let's say they got an eight, nine, ten year old, and they're starting out. They're just starting playing the ten, the tournaments in the tens or twelves. Was is there one or two things that if you could pull a family aside and give them one or two pieces of advice? Uh, what would that be? Well, I think, I think the first thing I would say is, you know, if you're going to get on this journey, uh, you know, be smart. Be smart financially, right? It, it, it's a very expensive sport, especially in the cold weather state. And, you know, you got to be smart, you know, with, with your finances and just make sure that, uh, you, you, you know, your budget, you do things smartly, find ways to save money. Uh, to just 
you know, what, what I did see in a lot of those families is that the reason why the parent and the child had so much stress was that it, it was a, a financial hit to the family. So, you know, the, the parent saw every loss as, as, a, as a waste of money, you know, kind of thing. And, and when you start getting into that mindset, it, it, you know, you're, you're no longer enjoying the experience. So be, be smart, you know, about your finances. Figure out how to pay. And I, I tell people, if you're going to start traveling, don't spend a dollar without getting a point. So, you know, sign up for every uh, frequent flyer, loyalty program, collect as many points as you can, understand how the pipeline system works, and, and you know, when, you, when it makes sense, take advantage of that. Uh, you know, just be smart with the money. The, 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 the next thing I'd say is that, you know, make it an enjoyable experience as much as, as you can. Uh, but you're, you know, you're going to go to a lot of places. You're, you're going to end up missing uh, for school. Uh, you, probably family vacations will become not as frequent because you're spending off, you know, a lot of money and time uh, away from school and work for tennis tournaments. So right. try to take uh, the opportunity to, to see the site 20 out of If you're out in California, you know, in Florida, for example, we, we try to see if we'd have time to maybe go to Disneyland or, um, um, you know, maybe a local theme park or see a zoo or, or something. Just try to try to make the trip um, somewhat enjoyable away from the court. Uh, and this, maybe one of the most important things is um, don't, don't worry about, you know, how your kid is doing in the 10s and the 12s and the 14s, even the 16s. Uh, you know, the, the, the more important thing is that they're developing their game. Right. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many top 12-year-olds, you know, that I can remember through, uh, you know, my three children that were top in the nation. And then by the time the 18th, you know, uh, comes around, they're nowhere to be seen. You know, maybe they've got that great forehand and they're blasting kids off the court. And then as, as they get a little bit older, they, they never took the time to develop the rest of their game because they were winning matches with the forehand. And then, then, you know, when you get to be 14 and people get bigger, uh, all of a sudden that forehand is kind of big and you can start taking advantage of the fact that they got no backhand or, you know, whatever that is that we can do. And I, I liken, you know, the, the kids, young kids, do that, 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 that kid that had a, a really big growth spurt in basketball, that, that was young. You know, they, right. So that, that six-foot kid that, you know, seventh grade or whatever, and, you know, they're, they're, they're the start of the team. They're, they're taller than everybody else, but they never take the time to, you know, work on their dribble. They never take the time to work on their, their you know, outside shots. Uh, because everything is under the bucket for them. And then, you know, when everyone else grows up and they're not so special anymore, uh, they, they, they've got a lot of weaknesses. Whereas a kid that was short to begin with and get late, he's already worked on his dribble. He's already worked on, you know, uh, getting the drive to the basket or shooting the outside shot. And, and so I think it's a lot the same way. You know, you have to work on, you know, your, your whole game um, and let that develop and, just because you're not ranked, you know, very highly or maybe, you know, you, you're not winning as much as, you know, the kid next door. Uh, you know, you got to be happy with your own progress and, and let things, you know, come as they do. It's a long journey. Yeah, this is a marathon, not a sprint. No matter what, I don't care what result, whether you win in the boys' 10s or girls' 10s or boys' 12s, girls' 12s, or you lose a match there, that is not life-defining in this long journey you're about to embark on. <laughs> yeah, and it's even more challenging. You know, you're, 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 you're
Exactly, exactly right. Development. Focus development and, and long term, no, without a doubt. So, want to wrap up. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. perfect sense. This is so great, Kevin. Thank you for sharing all your um, experiences with, with us. So this summer um, was pretty awesome for your family. And I know um, you and your wife were at the NCAAs and I believe your two other daughters um, drove in. I think I, maybe it was overnight, I believe I read. But Brianne w w entered the NCAAs unseated and she wound up winning the NCAAs. And with that, it wasn't um, guaranteed, but most of the time, the U.S. Open does give a wild card to the NCAA champion. And they did that with your daughter. So you guys had the experience of having a daughter playing the U.S. Open. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, first, the NCAA experience was, uh, was just it was so enjoyable. Uh, the experience with that. Uh, you know, we were there for you know the team matchups, and then uh, then the next week we were the individual competition. And the uh, you know every match there was the reason why you know I thought uh, she would not win this one. Uh, you know maybe this would be the end. And even even with the first one, the first match was against the girl that uh, played the very first round the year before and lost to her. And then last year when she played her, she had just lost to her in the team. Uh, matchups the week before. Wow. <laughs> lost to her twice in a week a, a year ago, and then she, you know, she had her lined up, you know, for her first round again this year. So, I'm thinking, here we go again. And, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, if you go back and look at the University of Miami fight, they actually, you know, threw an article about, you know, the fact that all that was happening uh, before the match. Uh, so, you know, she gets back and she starts playing. And, uh, and she gets into severe cramps. And so I think, oh, geez, you know, this, this is not working out for us. And, um, you know, she 
you know, she's trying to drink water and Gatorade, and she, you know, is trying to stretch on, on changeovers and everything else, uh, and she's fighting. And, um, you know, after she comes off and she wins, uh, you know, the, the, the coach, the Michigan coach that's sitting on a bench with her comes up and tells her, you know, the Miami coach is wondering if, if Brianne was even going to make it through the match because, you know, she was looking a little a little woozy a couple times. And, you know, it doesn't look like she's going to make it, but she's still running faster than my fault. <laughs> and, and, and that's stuff that was, you know, so funny. But, you know, she, after that match, you know, every night, you know, we, we uh, you know, we happen to be staying at the same hotel, so, you know, we try to make sure she's getting loaded up on pickle juice and Pedialyte and, and getting the fluid going and, uh, um, you know, it was just important to really take care of her body. And then, uh, you know, the next match was a gift girl that, um, you know, looking really good. You know, um, I, I, I thought it would be a tough matchup. She, you know, one-handed backhand covered the court well. Uh, she came through that. Next match was against the girl that beat the one seed, which you know, uh, was from Ohio State, and Brian had lost to the one seed uh, earlier that year, uh, Francesca Lorenzo, and uh, she ended up beating that girl. And then the, the fourth match was against Sarah um, Devitella, who was a girl that Brian had never beaten in the juniors ever. She she was uh, she'd been up on her. Uh, and, you know, big in the second set, then lost. She lost to a three set. The last match she played, uh, she lost in a third set tiebreaker at, at uh, Hartford. I just could never get over the hump. And so, that, you know, there was another match where it's like, oh, you know, may not come away with this one, and she ends up winning that. And then uh, there was a real hard-hitting girl, Sidney Campbell from Vanderbilt, and she uh, she managed to, to, to fight through and get that win uh, in three. And then, uh, you know, the girl from Florida was, you know, a really good player. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, I think she may have gotten uh, kind of a tournament sort of MVP or, or something of that. And, you know, Brienne, you know, played well, played loose. Uh, as you said, you know, her sisters drove down uh, for the last couple matches when it was closer to the weekend. They both got in the car. Uh, you know, one was in Washington, D.C., the other one was in New Jersey, and they, they drove to, uh, you know, one of their places and drove straight through the night to get there. Right. And, uh, and then she had friends and teammates that either drew, uh, drove down uh, through the night to get there for the finals, or, or they flew in, you know, that morning, uh, you know, to give her the support. So, you know, just the support that we had from family and friends, you know, was, was great. It was just a, quite an experience. And, uh, you know, our plan for the summer was that we were going to actually take some time off to take care of her, her needs. So she's been playing and paying for two years now, um, and she had a PRP procedure last summer, and we were you know, looking to have another one done this summer to try to relieve some of the pain. And then she ended up winning the NCAA. So, yeah, that um, schedule gets rearranged when that happens, right? There's a little tournament yeah. in New York that uh, you, you guys are trying to, trying to make a priority. <laughs> Right. And so 
incredible to be on the same piece of paper um, as her. Uh, and the whole experience, you know, at the U.S. Open was, was incredible. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough that her, her, her coach, Mark Bang, was there, her college coaches were there. And, um, you know, just from, from the very first day, we're walking through the front of the Roger Ash Stadium. And, uh, you know, she, she literally runs into Roger Federer. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, we go up to the player lounge and we spin all the pros and, uh, in the player cafeteria. Uh, in, in the locker room, she's having a chat with Vita, uh, in the locker room. Uh, and you're just seeing all of the, you know, famous tennis players that, that you watch on TV year in and year out. And they're right there. You know, they're, you're, you're next to them, you're, you're sitting at the same table. Oh, so so cool! Absolutely. <laughs> get a taste of that it'll definitely make you more hungry so we're coming up just over a half hour here so we're gonna wrap this up but I just wanted to thank you so much for for doing this and spending some time talking about your experiences uh, I feel that the kids and the parents that listen to this podcast definitely will have learned a lot from the information you shared and, and you and your wife definitely did it the right way and I know uh, I know that you and your wife are very very proud of your daughters not because of how well they've done on the tennis court but just how you raised uh, them and, and the, the young women that they have become so I think everyone can learn from the experiences and um, the stories that you've shared tonight and you uh, you should be very very proud so I just wanted to say thank you again yeah, no, thank, thank you for the opportunity to have this chat um, you know 
uh, one of the things that I think you always have to do is try to learn. So I really appreciate, you know, forums like yours that uh, kind of spread the message of, of the game that come up and, and what the different, different experiences are on your podcast. Uh, so, you know, people can learn, and uh, it, it's great that you have such a forum. So thanks for the opportunity and give me a chance to share. I appreciate it, Kevin. Have a good night. Thank you, sir. So that was Kevin Miner. What a treat to have him and um, such great experiences that, that he shared. And, and I've said it a number of times, but him and his wife did it the right way. And tremendous, tremendous family. So that is it. We'll conclude with another edition of the podcast at Beelins and Tennis. Thank you.